everybody. Welcome to For Such a Time as This. I'm Cynthia Connor Goyang. Last week, if you'll remember, we spoke about a call to action. What will the Lord have us do in this moment, in this time, this pivotal, challenging time? He's called you in this challenging time to action. He's called me. He's called the body of Christ. This week, let's talk about growing into you. Talk about growing into something. I want to share a little bit about myself. I grew up in Denver, Colorado. Early on, my life was filled with poverty and lack. I had a very abusive dad who would sometimes feed us, sometimes not. Sometimes he'd pay the electric bill, sometimes not. In Denver, in the middle of winter, wasn't very comfortable being without electricity and without being able to eat regularly. We were often very, very hungry. I can remember walking around to a little neighborhood store with my mom called Frank's Groceries. And I remember even as a very young girl, my mom whispering to the store owner and asking him for credit and that she promised to pay him whenever she would get paid. And he would pack up a few bags of groceries for our large family. We had 11 children. And so we would take those few groceries, which were not near enough to feed us, back to our house. And they would last just a very short period of time. And we'd be hungry again. Also, the house where I lived at was in a lot of disrepair. There were holes in the walls and many, many things that were wrong in that house that were in poor, poor repair. I can remember one time walking home with a friend of mine. From the outside, that house looked pretty good. The grass was kept because my dad was very specific about keeping his lawn nice and green. The outside of the house looked relatively well. And so my friend kept begging and begging to come inside and see what the house looked like because it was a very, very large house and it was on the corner. So it looked very impressive. I reluctantly walked up with him into the house. And the minute we opened the door, I knew I had made the wrong decision because a cat had gotten inside of one of the holes in the wall. No one could find the cat because it had crawled up inside of one of the holes and it had gotten stuck and couldn't get out. And its body was rotting. Its body was deteriorating. And you could smell it. You could smell his rotting flesh. And that young friend of mine looked at me with a look, even to this day, I will not forget. It's a look of total, total horror. And from that day, I felt very, very different, very other, very apart from other people. From that day, I knew that my poverty created a separateness from other people, and it affected my relationships. Early on, yes, it affected my relationships with friends, with teachers, with everyone around me. And I would go to school and live in one world where I felt apart. And because then I would come home and not have enough to eat and sleep on grimy sheets and 
listen to my dad, who is very abusive, curse and scream and rant, and yes, at times, hit this created within me such an otherness that I never felt normal. I never felt a part of other people. I always felt weird and other. And as I grew, I continued in this through my teens, through my early years as a young adult, continually feeling other than other people. I got married and I began to have children and I loved them. I promised myself as a young girl that my adult life would never, never be anything like my childhood. And so when I married and began to have children, I believe I overcompensated and I lavished love, lavished love. But still, that feeling of being other stuck with me. In 1984, I had my second child and a lady that worked with my husband, came over and visited with me. Actually, she came over to visit with my husband and dropped something off work-related. And she wanted to come in and see my new infant. And after she oohed and awed over my new baby, I put him to bed and we sat down and visited for a little bit. My husband was out of town. And so the two of us just sat down and visited. There she shared with me, Christ, She shared with me salvation. And after she left, I went into my bedroom and gave my life to Christ. It was such an awesome, awesome experience. A lot of people say that it's just a matter of faith that they ask Jesus Christ into their life. And it's just a matter of faith. No fireworks. But with me, it was. There was a lot that occurred in the time that I asked Jesus into my life. And the Lord met me. He met me so tremendously and completely changed my life, doing lots of supernatural things. There was one time where that very night, actually, I I went into my bedroom and I prayed and prayed and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. And as I looked to the ceiling, the ceiling itself seemed to disappear. And before me, I saw a light, a golden, glorious light. And it scared the daylights out of me, actually, because I had never seriously thought of the reality of there being a God. And it scared me. It scared me so much. But out of that light, I heard the Lord's voice. And he said to me, get up and read the book of John. Get up and read the book of John. After several very frightened moments, I got up trembling because I had heard this voice that came out of nowhere. And I turned to the book of John and began to read it. And when I got to the part about make straight the path for the Lord, that lit up as if I had highlighted it. And it said, make straight the path for the Lord. And from that, I knew that the Lord wanted me to cast away everything and give my life totally, totally to Him. And I did. I did just that. And so those days, especially after that, were awesome and spirit-filled and wondrous. I had a joy that I had not experienced before. I had a faith in an indwelling presence that I had not had before, and it was, it was awesome. 
But still, there was this underlying thing that continued in my life, even after I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And it was still that feeling of otherness, that feeling of being different, that feeling of being apart from others. Yet, even in the midst of the ups and downs of what I felt, having invited Jesus into my life, there were still ups and downs especially where it concerned other people. And in the midst of these things, the Lord blessed me. He blessed me. A lot of you have read my book, Just One Touch. And that book, it's a story about the woman with the issue of blood, the woman who reached out to touch the hem of Jesus's garment. I was able to write that book so wonderfully and so successfully because I understood her struggles. I imagined what she may have gone through, feeling other than everybody else, having something that made her feel apart and different. And so while I was writing Just One Touch, it was as if I became her and she became me. And a lot of people, when they email me about the book, they say, how did you know so much? It seemed as though you were right there with that woman. I was able to understand because in a In a sense, I understood what she felt like. All throughout our lives, God is doing a sanctifying work. From the beginning of our relationship, the Lord is continually working on us, bringing us to what He would like us to be, even what He had in mind for us before He created the foundations of the earth. He's doing a a sanctifying work, a purifying work in each of us. He's teaching us to by faith come to know him more and more. He's teaching us to see ourselves correctly. He's teaching us to see him correctly. He's teaching us lovingly to see other people correctly. I want to read a scripture that reminds me of what we're talking about today. And it's in Mark chapter 8 verses 22 through 25. Let me read that. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were going into Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch the man. Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of the village where he spit into the man's eyes. He placed his hands on the blind man and asked him if he could see anything. The man looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. Once again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes, and this time the man stared. His eyes were healed, and he saw everything clearly. The reason I read this is because in 1984, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, there were fireworks. Jesus touched me, and he delivered me, and he rescued me, and he brought me into his kingdom. But he continued doing a sanctifying work in my life. There were still lots of things as I grew in him. There were still things that he needed to touch me again. And again, he needs to touch us all. It was very interesting. This man, Jesus touched him once. But then after Jesus touched him, he said he saw people as tall trees. How interesting that he saw people as tall trees. When Jesus touches us, it is just such a blessing. But sometimes if we see people in the wrong way, if we see ourselves in the wrong way, and if we see 
the Lord Jesus in the wrong way, it can hinder us from what it is that the Lord wants us to do. Our perception can keep us from doing the things that God has created us to do. And so therefore, we need to pray that God will touch us so that we can have the proper view of the Lord, the proper view of ourselves, in the proper view of other people. If we see people as tall trees, as too important, or if we see ourselves in the wrong way, we walk forward with difficulty in completing God's good and perfect will for our lives. How about you? Do you feel that you see the Lord in the correct way? Do you see yourself as you should in other people? Do we see people as tall trees in our lives, as elevated in a way that is not healthy? The Lord is ever loving in his gentle way. He's touching us and healing us. He's teaching us to walk with him and to have a proper relationship with him. He wants us to have the right perspective so that we can continue to walk with him to complete the good and perfect purpose he has for our lives so that we can enjoy him and walk with him and indeed fulfill his will for our lives so that we can live healthy with ourselves, with others, and most of all with him. For such a time as this, as I said last week, we're living in a very pivotal time for humankind. We were made for such a time as this. Draw in closer to Christ. Ask, seek, knock. Ask him to help you to know him better. Take time out to seek his face. Knock persistently at his door. He said he will in no way turn you away. There was a time when I was a new Christian and I saw myself again different and I threw myself on the bed having tried to complete in the flesh what God could only do through his sanctifying work and I called myself sinful and wicked because I kept my eyes too much on my actions and my duties and things. But then I heard the still quiet voice of the Lord say to me, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He calls us his holy people. He calls us to lift our eyes up because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and he has wonderful, awesome things for us to do for him. So let us know that we were made for him for such a time as this. He will indeed bring beauty from ashes. He will work in you, through you, to you, and for you. You will be blessed. People will be blessed through you and God will gain great glory. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you will restore our confidence. Help us to see you, O God, in the way that you want us to see you. Help us to see ourselves, Lord God, in the way you would like us to see ourselves. And help us to not elevate man nor put man down, but to see other people in the way you would have us see them. Help us to go forward in completing your good and perfect will, we pray, for such a time as this. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening today. Join me next week for another For Such a Time as This. Amen.